Estradile Illusions. We have a very fascinating guest on today to talk about uh, a part of the transgender rights debate that I think a lot of trans people, rightfully so, have uh, a lot of concerns about. That's gender critical ideology. And we have a uh, former gender critical uh, supporter turned uh I guess the way she actually titled her Medium essay is probably the best way to describe her. We have uh, Amy Dias, the prodigal butch, here with really, I think, one of the more fascinating articles I've read all year, especially on this topic, because it's really, um, I've linked to the article in the description. I highly recommend everybody read it. it this is going to probably be one of those episodes where uh, you should, uh, where if you haven't read the article, it may make sense if you're on your phone or your desktop, follow along, read it. It's a really fascinating piece. But uh, Amy, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, well, hey, Ian. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I am um, an American <laughs> and uh, a lesbian. And um, let's see, I'm from like the southern uh, states, the American South. And uh these days, like I'm writing and I just got out of this movement like uh, late last year and uh, I've been talking about it or trying to talk about it for a while and it's been interesting. <laughs> so I think for my first question, it would make sense to ask, uh, this is kind of a two-parter, but um, you know, especially for listeners who are maybe not so familiar with, with what the term gender critical means, I know to trans people, it has a very different meaning to yeah. people within the movement. So my question was sort of, could you define gender critical ideology? And then within that question, there's kind of a, what it meant to you when you first started. And then I guess also what it means to you now. Yeah. Um, so let's see, getting back to like what I would define it as, like I basically summarize it as um, gender critics are concerned with uh, how trans rights impact or may impact women's rights. And uh, so that's kind of basically the gist of it for them. And I think that's probably being kind <laughs> to them and, uh, and summarizing them, um, you know, like that. And let's see, what was the second part? Well, sort of how that term has uh, evolved in your sen in your sense as you've uh, yeah. spent time and became disillusioned with the movement as a whole. Right. Well, like I said in my article, like at first, uh, it was being marketed towards me specifically as lesbian rights, and uh, so I got involved with some international lesbians that way. And uh, that was in, like, mid-2018 when that was happening. And uh, we got organized, as you can see in my article. And then um, by the end of the year, I started hearing, like, the word gender critical. Like, that was a term that was being mentioned more and more in our circle. Like, Gay Chapman, who uh, co-owns After Ellen now, she was, I think, the first person who started to use that term in our lesbian group. So by late uh, 2018, we were starting to say, okay, gender critical. But I, so I feel like there's kind of overlap there and turf, you know, trans exclusionary radical feminists can sometimes be um, 
you know, synonymous with GC, but there is some differences. So I don't know. They're all kind of lumped together today. So like sometimes I'll write or say turf situationally, but I try just strategically not to use that because it's just so loaded and doesn't even really mean what it originally meant anymore. And like GC is kind of the same way. So I'll just kind of lump them together as GC. And some people, uh, think maybe that's too soft on them or sanitized or whatever, but it's really complicated. And I feel like gender critical sums it up more than turf does right now, but you know, well, so the, the origins of, of trans exclusionary fem, I mean, it does, it goes way back right. to even um, the Michigan women's festival, yeah. the whole spelling of woman with the Y uh, women born women movement, uh, and it, it's important that we that we acknowledge the sort of the how how far back that goes because a point that we uh, that I often like to remind people and especially you see it a lot within modern gender critical circles the idea that that transgender rights is this this sort of new topic mm-hmm. or that trans trans people or trans visibility is new. I was reminded last week there was uh, an old letter that David Attenborough, the narrator of Planet Earth, the conservationist, legendary okay. narrator, he, he used to be very involved with the BBC uh, hierarchy. He worked there. He was pushing like 50 years ago to do a piece on, I was transgender wasn't the term used, but, but transsexual mm-hmm. or uh, other terms. All the way back then. So, I mean, it is something that uh, goes back a long time. And, you know, turf, turf as, uh, as you stated, is definitely something that's become a loaded term. Mm-hmm. Um, something that kind of falls, falls into um, some other territory that you cover in the article. A point that a lot of people like to point out about turf nowadays is that it, it's, it's almost disingenuous because a lot of these people, especially those on the political right are not actually feminists right yeah um and and as you lay out in the article uh there's this there's this odd unholy alliance between a lot of the gender critical people and uh the uh those on the political right in a screenshot that's included in your article you Mm -hmm. even somebody states that uh it's 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 a privileged position to not want to work with the yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, about just the right wing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's, <sighs> or how they feel about it. Like was I think that was Julia Beck that you were just quoting there. Um, right. I think she was actually flip like borrowing from some arguments that I've made about political lesbianism there, because I've said it's a very privileged position to even think that being gay is a choice, <laughs> you know? Right. So she likes to basically Julia Beck, she borrows um, a lot of phrases from other people, you know, just FYI on her. So that's part of what she's doing there, but she's justifying her own actions. Um, because I know like personally with her, it's cost her friendships. Like she can't walk around Baltimore uh, without getting, was, uh, yeah. So I was born there. You're right. Yeah. Like it's a pretty big city. Right. So it's like, she's getting like, um, you know, looks and glares and getting kicked out of bars and stuff for her transphobia. 
And she likes to call it other things. Like, like for example, she got kicked out of a place, I think, called Auto Bar in, in Maryland or Baltimore. And uh, she spins it disingenuously as um, she's being persecuted for being a lesbian. Like, she got kicked out for being a lesbian, and that's not it. She got kicked out because she's on TV, on Fox News, with Tucker Carlson and everybody like that, working with the religious right. And people don't like those values, and they just don't want to know around them. That's why she got kicked out, and, you know, whatever on well, that. <laughs> we've, we've covered on this show uh, Posey Parker and a couple other people mm-hmm. whose names I can't remember on the top yeah. of my head. They, they took a trip to the United States that was paid for by the Heri- Heritage Foundation, which is right. a far-right think tank that uh, is is anti-abortion. They are anti-LGBTQ. Yeah. Like, th- they're anti-lesbian. That, that's, that, they are. That's not a debate. That's that's something that is, is you can provide, you know, clear and concise. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, they, they, and still to this day, um, but they, they invited them— uh, and it, it, it's got to be, I, I, I guess, um, as a question, did so you you voiced concerns uh, even back then about about the this sort of this this bizarre alliance. But within the gender critical movement, were there other people who were sort of thinking? Because I know uh, the, the gender critical. A lot of this goes on in the UK, mm-hmm. and they they don't have a lot of uh, the same. I mean. The, the British media covers trans topics every day. The trans topics as it relates to American media is is really something that the far li- uh, the far right covers a lot. People yeah. like Tucker Carlson, usually sort of in the back end of their uh, uh, programming blocks when they Breitbart, need something. To- uh, Breitbart tried yeah. to interview me. Yeah, Breitbart, The Federalist. So they could say that they understood lesbians. And I was like, no, I'm not interested in that interview. You know, but that was kind of a pivotal moment too. I'm like, how come only the right wing wants to talk to me about this? And because I was left, I still am, you know, like I'm a Democrat. And um, so, yeah, I was having to deal with realizing what side I was on. Like, because I was raised evangelical Southern Baptist. So I've crossed paths with Tony Perkins down there in Louisiana and like uh, family research council focus on the family, all that who Wolf works with. And when I, when I found out they are protesting LGBTQ rights, the equality act, and they're getting historical Linda Bellows to do it with them. Like it was just really sickening to me. Um, I realized I'd been played. <laughs> a lot of people did. And, and so there was this argument in the gender critical community and basically it was split between, okay, some people are realizing what's going on. And then other people, they're just, they want to be in denial. So they'll make excuses for it. Like, like getting back to what Julia Beck was doing, like saying, oh, it's privileged to not want to work for the right or whatever she said, you know, exactly. Um, They had to justify it, you know? So women like me who were pointing out the facts of what was happening, (laughs) once we realized it, we were vilified and demonized and we still are like, 
you know, like the, the only bad woman is a woman who speaks out basically for them. A woman who doesn't do what they want them to do. So, and I, th- what's another interesting, really interesting part of your story is, uh, a lot of gender critical people will accuse uh, trans people of uh, grooming. Literally, the the word grooming it's become yeah. At, at least within trans circles, it's become almost kind of a meme because of uh, Graham Linehan's prominent use of the term for often yeah. quite mundane things. But um, on a broader uh, on a broader scale, they accuse us of of wanting to in- indoctrinate young people into. Uh, transgender ideology and, and to me that's always been kind of ridiculous because I, I, I've never been that personally invested in anyone else's transition if people come to me and they need mm-hmm. advice I'm happy to uh, give what I can I'm happy you know there's there's a lot of and and likewise I've gone to people and asked them for advice along the way I think that's important right. but I, I've never there's never been a point where I was like I really want that person to to transition I mean there yeah and I haven't experienced that either I've, I've had the opposite actually like I've um you know I've been questioning my gender identity since I was three to be honest um it's been a journey and I still I don't know, you know, sometimes I still question it. And, I, and I've been talking to trans people. Everybody's been trying to persuade me not to, if anything. You know, it's the opposite of what gender critics think is happening. Just want to say that. Yeah, and, and it, it's funny because, I mean, it's sort of a, a, a tactic in, in politics that's as old as, as politics itself is when you're accused of so, – like when you're doing something wrong, it's often a, mm-hmm. a tactic to point the finger at the other person and say, yes, no, projection. no, they're doing it. Yeah. And it, it, the way you describe the way you were recruited into this movement, it, 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 it's, it's grooming. It seems kind of like mm-hmm. they were uh, – I, I think accusing people of being a cult is almost, uh, you know, overused in today's climate. But um, it, it, it seems as though they were using very odd recruiting tactics. Yeah. And like I said, my recruiter, my, you know, the original one with After Ellen, um, she even used the word, the phrase, we're grooming Amy. Like, I believe I included a screenshot of that in the story. So... <laughs> I was being groomed, uh, you know, to be like the speaker for them and to be, uh, go on TV and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Well, not, and then, and then after that, I I was even, I was explaining to my, my, my partner, uh, yesterday and sort of as I was prepping for the interview, I'm like, you you know, at, at one point there was talk preparation to have you move to the UK and find somebody yes. to marry there that one of the members of the movement would, would have like final say, like a weird sort of bachelor bachelorette yeah. type type situation. It's very. Right. Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Like that they would have fun. Like, I mean, it's kind of like your friends, I guess like I, that's happened to me before. Like where I've had friends joke around like, Oh, well, you know, I got to have final approval. It's, it's sort of like a, a parental kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I have had that in real life before, but the more I think about it, it is a little creepy. <laughs> You know, um, but but there's another instance where they try to relocate me too to the UK. Like after that, you know, happened, um, Charlie Evans 
and Rebecca Worshville with that, uh, that transgender, um, organization, like what's it called? The transgender trend. There's, um, the anti-trans organizations you're talking about. Well, the one that they, that they, uh, were working on together. Like there was like a scandal with it. Um, Kira Bell, I think is involved with it. It's the one that all they're working on. Anyway, well, there's the LGB uh, Alliance as well. That's kind of newer. Yeah, well, there was the specific org though uh-huh. um, that uh, they were running together. It was Charlie Evans' big project. Um, I forgot the name of it at the moment, but they um, kind of like staged a proposed intervention. I don't know where they were going to get the money from, but like so basically, um, this was last year. Detransitioners uh, Advocacy, I think, is the group. That's you're it. About. That's yeah. That's the one. Um, and that wasn't that, that page on Twitter wasn't following anyone and they followed me until I blocked them because they're just creeping me out. (laughs) But, uh, so anyway, Charlie and Rebecca wanted to relocate me to England, like immediately. Okay. And I'm like, well, it's going to cost $3,000 just to break my lease. Like, do you have that kind of money? And, um, and they said they could get it. And now I know that Charlie didn't have that kind of money. She was struggling. So I'm wondering, well, where was that money coming from? You know, I don't know. I'm just saying maybe Posey Parker, because she funded Julia Beck and other things. She's funded things that Rebecca's worked on, and to be uh, like, well, to to be yeah. clear about Posey Parker too, she is not a lesbian. Uh, no, no, she's not. But she uh, works with a lot of. She does a lot of. Okay, so she's like the political lesbians patron, basically. She's the patron of political lesbians. I just coined <laughs> that phrase on this show. Posey Parker is the patron of political lesbians. She put on lesbians on chairs. She flew Julia back over there to do that. Um, she's, you know, come to America to work with political lesbians to even storm in HRC and all that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's that like, horrible. yeah, like she's all down for that. And, um, yeah, like they really should just stop and question themselves based on that. But but the thing is, the women I was getting to know, like in the UK, like especially ones associated with the Resisters Network. I don't know if you know about them, the Resisters, like Resisters. Yeah. This is how, yeah. Like a lot of them are Posey Parker fans, like not all of them, like they're split. And I think that's a huge part, just a little side note with the movement. There's like so much division happening. Like, I think they're just going to, divide themselves out of existence hopefully um they all hate each other (laughs) that that doesn't really surprise me posey parker also made controversy i think it was last year she appeared on a youtube channel of a uh, white nationalist yeah uh she i mean the inflammatory language is is absurd but there's also this concept that it makes me think of the avengers with thanos the um lesbian lesbian erasure which like yeah. like this this supposed theory that 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 lesbians are somehow being 
erased by um, mm-hmm. I, I've I've heard accounts from like well-known journalists too that will talk about how their uh, butch lesbian friends are all quote unquote being pressured to uh, become trans men. I, I think it's uh, yeah. It's a, I've heard that more from GCs. Like they've called me a man. It's like I I listed my pronouns on Twitter partially just because of that because of them. Because they would like intentionally misgender me. And it's like okay, it's like they're, they're they're they make these arguments, but they don't act that way. You know, like they don't really care about butches. I guess is my point. It's a disingenuous argument. They'll they'll just move the goalposts if you even try to meet them there. Do you? So <laughs> something that I've kind of thought is that especially lesbian erasure, but a lot of these other ideas are really things that exist on the internet and that normal people yeah. normal people in 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 you go to a gay bar or something you're you're not really like if you're at a gay bar and you saw a butch lesbian at the corner of the bar there's a good chance that you know 10 minutes later they would not have just sort of vanished into a like pile of du- of dust um, <laughs> yeah and it's right and it's something that i i, I even i mean i to be a hundred percent honest, there there's sometimes with uh, there's issues within the trans community where I'm kind of like, okay, this this online controversy that you know happened between like three Twitter accounts, there are over a million yeah. trans people in in America. The the trans community, like we talk, like the LGBT LGBTQ community is often talked about as like some kind of monolith or something, but. Yeah, there's millions of us spread out. We we don't yeah, all yeah we don't all know each mm-hmm. other and whatever like people think is this big deal. I mean you know national politics are a big deal. We can you know people yeah. can understand that, but a lot of this stuff is is nonsense. And I, when I, when gender critical people because a lot of them they 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 talk about this sort of endless endless debate, and like I'm somebody who who really doesn't. I, I I I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I don't care. And I, I it's it's kind of like it's uh I, I guess I'm kind of thinking about the tactics because you you are part of a lot of these strategy sort of movements by the the Yeah. I helped them come up with some some of the phrases. Like I see them use it like my words all the time, even against me. It's just hilarious. Like the stuff about like what a lesbian is especially is like really weird to me now to get it thrown back at me. And I, but yeah. And it, it it's funny especially um a lot of the sort of rallying cries like like I'm thinking of Posey Parker um for for people who aren't um who aren't too familiar with her her big claim to fame is that she was going around putting up billboards that said mm-hmm. woman adult human female it's a black background with white lettering she had t-shirts and um somebody who's actually been on this show before uh dr adrian harrop uh made made the news for calling uh the places that own the billboards and saying or that own the space and saying like this is transphobic take it down yeah and of course posey could you know throw her hands up she's kind of clever in this regard she could throw her hands up and say like what's what's transphobic about the dictionary and and yeah you can you can you know say of 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 course every everything we know about you is transphobic you weren't doing that because you wanted people to read the dictionary you were 
Yeah, it's like, it is transphobic. There's a context to it. But someone who's unaware of it might be uh, sympathetic to whatever her point is, at least at first, until they understand what's going on. And that's the danger in it. They are, it is a clever way to argue. They do that all the time with everything. So yeah. Well, yeah. There's a sneaky right, and th- well, there's there's <laughs> another one too, which you talk about in the article, and that's and and uh, so for other context for people who aren't too familiar with it, um, after Ellen is an old lesbian website that gets right. its name from Ellen DeGeneres coming out on TV, which was mm-hmm. a major major milestone for yeah. Uh, for LGBTQ Our, rights, um, yeah. it was a big contract. Like we're, people have only recently started talking about uh, how Laura Dern's career was affected by playing her romantic interest on that show. Like, yeah. like it was it was yeah. a big deal, and it it caused a lot of contract. There was no guarantee that when that happened, that Ellen DeGeneres' career wouldn't be destroyed. Um, and for a while, it it almost was. But um, so yeah. it gets its name from that, and yet um, it's now co-owned at least by a Trump supporter. <laughs> Memory, yeah. Yeah, they are very anti-trans. They did a um, they did a video last year with uh, Ariel Scarcella, who is uh, increasingly, mm-hmm. like, seemingly by the day, becoming more and more right wing. And I mean, it's well, she is like we have we have an important. This is arguably the most important American presidential election of all time. I mean, certainly in our lifetime. And she's treating this like a game and she's encouraging LGBT people to leave the left, to leave Democrats. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Like that pissed me off. Well, she's, yeah. she's doing it for herself to make money. And there, there's a, there's, there's money to be made in like my career would, would, would probably maybe not for the long term, And that's kind of what I, what I laugh about. Cause these people, you know, there's great short-term gain in becoming a right-wing LGBTQ person because you can then get all the Patreon money from the right-wing supporters who want to support you versus, you yeah. know, if, if you have conventional views, uh, you're you're just kind of one of uh, – there's, there's a whole sea of uh, gay – yeah. Gay people on that, so the, I mean, there, there, there's, there's, there's money behind that, and that's, that's kind of what some people forget with, with journalism. But after Ellen made this video in, in that they, I guess, hired her to do, talking about this, I, 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 the, the, the broader concept is the cotton ceiling, the idea that transgender women, pre, preoperative transgender women, are forcing their penises on lesbians. That's apparently, if you listen to gender-critical people, this is an epidemic. Yeah, it's not an epidemic. Uh, but, like, I've heard, um, I've heard specific cases of alleged coercion and stuff, but it's, it's hard to know what happened exactly. Uh, I don't know, I've heard some claims about things and so I, I do try to like follow up on questions, but then I learn like I don't know. The more I learn about it, it's not so clear. So I don't know. Well, I mean, <laughs> for me, it's kind of like if you've ever been on Tinder or a dating app or somebody, yeah. the whole like the whole trying to force yourself upon somebody's strategy. I mean, I've had countless guys do that to me, and yeah, it doesn't work. There's no like, yeah. there's no oh. 
you've made me feel bad that nobody will sleep. I guess I'll, I mean, you know, maybe. Well, I think some people feel guilty. I feel like that maybe they kind of do want it and they feel bad about it. Like, I feel like there's different things going on with different people. Like, for example, I know of a young woman who, this was before she was gender critical. Um, she was interested in experimenting, like, with this couple uh, like um, a trans woman and a cis woman. And so she felt coerced by the couple into something. I feel like maybe she felt bad about it later or she just can't deal with whatever. I don't know. So she has a hang up about that and she'll say, you know, she'll bring up the cotton ceiling with that. But I feel like it's more complicated. I don't know. Well, the way that I the way that I try to because I mean I I think there have been some unhelpful people from the trans side of the argument who have kind of created this 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 yeah. idea that it's uh, transphobic to not like a if you're a lesbian it's transphobic to not like a trans woman's penis. Now we can accept that a trans woman's penis is different than a cisgender men's penis. However, mm-hmm. it is not productive and it's not helpful to yeah. tell somebody what what genitals they should be attracted to and it, it's it's also yeah. it's pointless you can't force somebody to like like you can't like that's conversion therapy and that's where they get that from. well yeah like yeah but where where i guess i would draw the distinction is i wouldn't say it's transphobic to not like um a trans woman's penis but where i where i would draw where i would say is you know there are everybody has their own dating preferences on all all sorts of all sorts of uh topics or 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 aspects of a person and the you know it's not really pc to talk you you don't you, you can't go around saying oh i won't date those those kind of people or that kind of people and then say, well, like I'm not racist or I'm not ableist or all of that stuff. I don't, I think it's transphobic to celebrate in the idea that it's absurd for anyone to like, uh, you know, having having sex with a, a, a preoperative uh, trans woman or or a non-operative trans woman or or or, mm-hmm. or to say like you're not a lesbian if you do do that. I think that's where the phobia draws. Right. But the gender critical movement has been very good at trying to trying to wield this idea that there's this war on lesbians and i guess sort of the the question that i was thinking of to ask you is like so my partner and i are both bisexual pansexual we're, we're in my partner's a cisgender woman i okay. we're so we're we're in a same sex relationship neither one of us identifies as a lesbian we don't call it a, i don't i don't mm-hmm. use that term i'd get i assume i'd probably get made fun of because my name's ian thomas even though i have had bottom surgery and all of that i look like a woman um but we don't really use that term. But I think about how do you, I, I, you know, this is something I think about. Do you think that there's pressure on lesbians to not even want to sort of experiment, like for people who identify as lesbians, but are maybe more so pan or or, or bi? Um, do you think there's like sort of a a, a movement of of shaming people who who may be attracted to the 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 other sex? Like, you mean, like, a lesbian who, or a woman who thinks, who publicly says she's a lesbian, but maybe is not? Yeah, I, 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 
Really? Well, I, is that what you? Yeah, mean? I, I feel like I've I've seen it from certain aspects of yeah that, that I I, th- I agree yeah like I I feel like when I feel like it's complex that when we're coming out like sometimes we pick a label and that changes like uh someone could come out as bisexual like that's a common one because it's pretty safe especially if you're a woman like you know it's a safe little marker. And then you explore it and figure it out. And then you might realize, oh, well, you really just like women. So you're really a lesbian or you're gay. Um, And then sometimes the opposite happens where you come out as a lesbian and like you're young and then, you know, hormones kick in or whatever. And you realize maybe you're not exactly a lesbian. And then you feel weird about that because like, you know, people can feel conflicted because it took so much to come out as a lesbian and and you kind of settled on that identity and you don't want to fuck with it you know or can i say that word oh yeah yeah (laughs) you don't want to mess with it uh you know uh you know what i mean it's like there's an emotional attachment to it and there's a lot of things going on and there is like that pressure um to kind of stay there and to not change it uh, but I feel like there's more danger. Like, so there are lesbians who will go and sleep with, like, they call themselves lesbians, but they'll go and sleep with men. And it's not just an experiment to make sure. It's like they're actually doing this on the down low. And that's like inauthentic. And that actually, I think, is harmful for lesbians because it tells other people, like, like to me, that's a part of lesbian erasure, erasure really. You know, it's like bad faith lesbian is another thing I call it. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, I think there's pressure to not experiment. Um, and I think like that's kind of a community discussion when you have in general. Like, I feel like by like there's shame around being bisexual in general for men and women. Like, I know a lot of closeted bisexual men who pretend to be gay. Yeah, I well, I the my my sort of experience with with bi men um who are who are feeling those kind of feelings of shame that you've described more, more so comes from the uh straight seem, seemingly straight uh cis men, cis really? men who uh feel shame about that. And I mean, it's just, there there's a lot of sort of societal uh reasons behind that, but yeah well i've seen it i've seen it in the gay community like i hear it all the time like or at least where i was from uh there is sort of a self-policing that we do in our community and i think it varies on your physical location but from my experience in america living in various major cities i've noticed that there is shame around um questioning your sexuality or exploring it and definitely over bisexuality like no one wants to be that for some reason (laughs) well you know like that's the that's the uh, perception i (laughs) get so i mean the the thing that really interests me about uh this this topic is it it really is kind of like a war over over labels and in yeah it's control well with younger people especially who are kind of 
increasingly uh, eschewing gender labels or sexuality labels, saying, like, I, I don't define myself as anything. I'm... And I, I, yeah. I, I see that as very liberating. Uh, yeah. And yet... But for gay rights, it's not. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had to come out to get anywhere. That's true. Like um, in the '90s and the early two, like we wouldn't have marriage equality or anything today if we hadn't come out to our friends. And I had friendships like in the early days. They didn't like that I was gay, but, but we worked on it, and now they're totally different about it. So it took one-on-one, lots of work in person with people who care about us to change the world. So the my response to the no labels stuff, fluid stuff, that sounds great and teach their own, but if we'd done that from the beginning, they wouldn't have that privilege to even go there. Oh, that that that's an interesting perspective. I and I, I that I guess that kind of uh translates well into the next topic. Um there's a movement I guess it's kind of, I mean, somewhat, I feel like it's lost a little bit of steam. The get the L out. There's a. Yeah. (laughs) In reading your essay, apparently, and this is what made me really laugh. Apparently there was a, according to your article, there was an effort to petition like the state department or, or somebody to politically remove T from LGBT. And yeah. last month with the Supreme, like, in, in broader national politics, the the two are so indistinguishable that the Supreme Court lumped in the the case about LGBTQ employment discrimination, which, which mm-hmm. we covered last month. Um, that that decision was actually three separate cases: two cases of gay discrimination at work, and and one case of trans discrimination at work. The mm-hmm. the Supreme Court of the United States viewed the the two as as so closely related that they lumped them into their own like into one decision. So the idea that somebody thought it would be successful to remove the T from LGBT was yeah. uh, preposterous. And yet, I mean, there there's plenty within the gender critical group who feel that this is an important thing to spend their time doing. Yeah, it's ridiculous to me. Like, I've had trans friends since I came out um, and physically got involved in a youth group uh, that was thankfully there for me. Uh, So I came out 20 years ago in 2000. You know, I um, I was a teenager. And in 2001, I started networking and going to meetings. And so um, I've had trans friends uh, since then, and our community was always trans inclusive. So I had those values. Um, and, uh, the get the L out thing to me, it just became a joke about itself, like a parody, um, because it's a political lesbian movement and they can't see their own hypocrisy. Like they want to control words, they want to say, well, this is what a lesbian is. Like a lesbian is a female homosexual, and we can't vary from that at all. Lesbian, they say lesbians don't have penises. Like they have all this gross stuff. It's really unnecessary to say that they put on signs and t-shirts and all this stuff. But they believe that being a lesbian is a choice. 
and that that is superior to being born this way. They actually believe that. And they talk over lesbians who believe that we're born this, like that we just are, you know, like, because we can debate, like maybe some people do choose it, whatever, but most lesbians feel like it's just what you are. You know, you, you just, you're only attracted to women. That could be cis or trans women, whatever. You know, that's a lesbian. I feel like that's good enough <laughs> for a definition. Um, but they, they are not lesbians themselves. And yet they want to police the term. Like most of these women and get the L out UK, they're bisexuals or heterosexuals who have chosen to deny men sex. So that's why they're lesbians. It's a political decision to, um, you know, not sleep with men. And I feel like they get off on this denial. Like the way they speak, they talk about penises so much. Like I don't even hear straight women talk about dicks that much. It's like, I got tired of seeing the word. <laughs> they just say it. They like, they put it everywhere. There's like penis stickers. It's like, yeah. they're obsessed. It's like, maybe they need to reevaluate. Like, it's, it's like the lady doth protest too much. You know, it's a red flag. I forgot about the you penis know. stickers. Yeah, I'll, I don't know. Like, some of their group was involved in that. Like, they didn't specifically launch that campaign. But some of their members, I personally know, were slapping those stickers around England. You know, it's like, really? Uh, but, yeah, so I just think Get the Lot UK is a joke. Like, they're so afraid of trans lesbians or lesbians sleeping with trans women. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like, I feel like trans lesbians are valid and they aren't. <laughs> That'll make them mad. Yeah. But it's like, they, like, you know, like, to me, that's more legitimate. Like, if you're a woman that, that's only into women, you know, like, it doesn't matter. Uh you know, your biology, whatever. And, um, but they feel like it's something you choose, like a sweater that you wear. And that's really offensive. And it hurts international LGBTQ rights. Like, like it or not, born this way is a, like a political strategy for our rights. That's just the way it is internationally. The religious right says it's a choice. Okay, that's another thing they do. Which it, yeah. Like the religious right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that. So it, they don't care. They don't care, though. They're selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that really bothers me, especially because people. I, there's this other ridiculous theory that it's somehow that parents are, are, are quote unquote transing their children to. Uh, yeah. Because it's more socially acceptable to be trans than gay. And it's like any trans person it's the same thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i say to people like like some some trans people don't say this but like I, I i say to people like if i could have chosen to not be trans i would i would have done that like being you know yeah. coming out was was the product of uh all that time in the closet recognizing that right. uh i didn't really have an option that you you are yeah. going that way yeah. How much of this? You're just being true. Yeah. How much of this mm -hmm. campaigning do you think is is really driven by 
people who are are so sort of invest. I mean, by essentially, the, there is a there is a class of professional anti-trans people that their careers are based off of. That they write books. There's books, I think. Yeah. Um, um, I'm seeing people, I'm pretty sure, I can't prove that certain people are on payrolls, but I'd be surprised if they weren't, you know, cause it's too organized for them not to be like the hands across the aisle people. Like I haven't seen any, like, uh, like I haven't seen receipts for money specifically or exactly where that's going to and everything personally, but, um, there were implications that money could be secured, like, to help with a lawsuit I was thinking about doing. Like, Natasha Chart and I were talking about that while she was in D.C. with Posey Parker and everybody in, uh, in like, early 2019. Um, so sorry if I drifted off whatever your question well, was. Well, I mean, because it... it... I, I feel like a lot of these, especially as it relates to like the bathroom debate. And I mean, the, yeah. it was, it's been five, it's been a long time since the North Carolina bathroom bill. And yeah, they reversed that. That was, but I mean, there's like, you know, yeah, there's no studies that prove, and Ireland has made it very easy for trans people to change their uh, gender. There, there's, you can't find a study anywhere that suggests allowing trans people to use the bathroom that corresponds with their gender identity leads to any uptick in violence. It's long debunked. And, and I, I, yeah. I, we've reached a point where I think even even Republicans uh, in office are, are kind of saying, okay, like they saw what happened. The the governor of North Carolina lost his reelection in 2016 over mm-hmm. over this issue in a state where Trump won and also Richard Burr, a Republican senator who was up for reelection, yeah. also won. But the governor who championed that bill lost. That's rare. Split ticket, split split ballot. Uh, like that that notion of voting for a Democrat and a Republican is split ticket voting is rare, and that happened there well, yeah. basically because of well that. even. On the GC side, even early on, even in 2018, there were like when we were strategizing on messaging and trying to be on the same page, uh, or even our lesbian group was like, you know, this isn't about the bathrooms. Like, don't talk about the bathrooms because they know that that's like a dead end. That's a lost cause. Like, most people move beyond that. So the smart ones know just to avoid the bathroom talk. And they're like, Make them think about other things like women's sports and opportunities, like even locker rooms for them are like a better spin than bathrooms. Yeah. And but here but here's the thing though, when I wanted to talk, like they think that women can do no wrong or something and that women can't be sexually violent to each other. And I actually have an experience like when I was uh twenty-one, like I was attacked by a violent woman in a uh, shower bathroom space that was single sex and she was a, an ex-con. So, you know, career criminal, she knew what she was doing. She was tough and she wanted to rape and kill me. And there was an intervention though. And I got banged up a lot and it's like, they don't care about that because it wasn't a man or a trans woman so it doesn't fit their narrative. And they're like, well, we, you know, we just want to focus on, you know, 
what men are doing and all that kind of stuff. And I just saw a pattern of not wanting any accountability for what women do uh, and just the avoidance of even wanting to go there. So I felt like excluded as a lesbian in many ways. And that was one of them. And even the LGB Alliance recently had a stupid tweet that they ended up removing about women not being able to rape each other because there's no penis or something. It's like, there are a lot worse things you can rape a woman with than a penis, you know, that will like permanently wreck her. (laughs) Well, they, um, they also said at one point that, um, that, uh, that that in the battle in in the prior battles for gay rights, uh, nobody was like loud or or argumentative or something. It was really yeah okay but, yeah like yeah like I don't like the the general gist I get like the take I have on all of them, the majority of gender critics, is they are clueless about the history of LGBTQ rights. Even Julie Bendel. And another thing about her, like, well, she's a political lesbian, okay? Another thing I recently learned about her is she works with this conservative American organization, which I would call Religious Right, but they really do a good job on their website. Uh, Which one? Of trying. uh, It's like CBC, a Center for Bioethical something. Yeah, Yeah, it's one of those. Like, I've posted about it. Uh, Gary Powell with the LGB Alliance is actually a stat, a paid staff member. So Gary and Julie Bendel and, uh, even that Scott Nugent guy, oh, the trans yeah. man. Okay. Well, they all collaborate with this org. Okay. To trash our rights. And their big thing is they're against surrogacy for gay couples. And that's a thing that is a little under the radar, I think, for a lot of people, um, you know, who are pro-trans. Like, this is bigger than being anti-trans. Like, this is anti-LGBTQ across the board. You know? Yeah, that's it's it's. I mean, I I I've read some uh, tweets by the the Scott Nugent character who. Mm-hmm. I just like look. It, Especially, you, we've seen uh, the author of those uh, children's books. You might have heard about them. Uh, Harry Potter, um, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, J- yeah. J- J.K. Rowling, self-proclaimed gender gender expert. Um, right. Well, we, we see- who, who won't listen to me? No, and interesting. But 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 yeah. she's very she, she's <laughs> extremely concerned about lesbians though. But apparently won't listen to you. She won't listen to me. <laughs> I keep on I keep on tweeting at her and saying, "Hey, I'm a lesbian," and and, it, and it's and it's interesting. She actually retweeted uh, my original recruiter uh, one of her stories, and that gave me a panic attack. Honestly, like I thought it was like a hit piece on me or something like. Uh, so I had, uh, I'm having it like, you know, I, I'm having a very complex reaction to the stuff she's doing, but that in particular was pretty scary to me. Um, well, and just, she doesn't seem to care. I'm so, I'm so sorry that all of this has, has, has happened, uh, the way that, I mean, you, you talk about it with such, such bravery and, and, um, it's horrible. You know, it, it there, I, I can't really think of anything worse than having something happen to you like like you uh described in the bathroom and then that to, yeah. to go to to go to people who who 
by all accounts, are supposed to care about this particular kind yeah. of stuff. And then to get that kind of re- reception, it's just so horrible. Yeah, you know, like, it made me kind of angry at, at feminism for a little bit. But then I realized, you know, these are not really feminists. Like, honestly, uh, I don't think I can ever trust radical feminism in general ever again. Well, it's it's such a frustrating thing because, um, you know, I, I'm pretty active in, in, in far left politics. You you do have to, like, make noise to get your point across a lot. Like, I, I get I yeah. get. I, I get the I like I've I've been at conferences with uh the trans trans fam like parents of trans kids, and they're they're talking about like talking about uh, how they've been sort of excommunicated from their family members. There is uh, oftentimes it's their church, and they're just so angry mm-hmm. about it. And and people are like, you can't let that anger consume you. And I'm like, yeah, but like honestly, if you have to like go out go outside or something and scream about it. That's that's yeah. healthy. Let it out. Like be angry. Yeah, let it out. Yeah. And I, I just there's there's a meme from uh, the Simpsons where Grandpa Simpson there's the n- newspaper <laughs> old man yells at cloud and uh, yeah I'm often like when it comes to the gender critical stuff which I, I'm sort of increasingly convinced is, is really just sort of an outrage factory that's that's. Yeah. propagating the concerns of a few you see it a lot in political circles you get paid political operatives who try and um mm-hmm. prey on uh people like yourself who uh you describe in the article about how you were in, you were in pretty bad shape when they recruited you and the gender critical ideology made you feel needed um that's mm-hmm. a tactic by a lot of these people because they know that they can't well they know that they can't do this alone, but also that it's easier when you can just get somebody to do your stuff for you. That's, you know, uh, common, common, but, um, and and another thing real quick I want to mention is my name is getting dragged in the mud out of all these collaborations I've done. Like sometimes people wouldn't put their name to it. And I did because I actually thought this was an ethical cause at first and I lost my way at some point and then I found it again but you know I believed in it so so you I often wonder because a lot of these gender critical people are posting with avatars they are you, you wonder if it, how, I mean I don't like to say oh somebody with an avatar and a weird name is not a real person because I, I know plenty of trans people who are essentially only out online and that's an outlet for them and yeah. You know, to each their own. But I often just wonder how many, especially like you look at uh, Graham Linehan's social media website, Glinder, which is... Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's that many gender... I get, well, my question, I, you're the person really to ask. How big do you think the gender cr- yeah. critical movement is really right now? Yeah, someone recently asked me that. Um, I would just say, just guessing based on people like real people and you know anonymous people that i've actually talked to um outside of twitter i don't know i think like around like globally i'd have to guess maybe in the lower thousands like maybe three thousand so so, you know, so uh, small in other words yeah 
Yeah, like in the whole grand scheme of things, like there's a lot more supporters for trans rights. It's just these people make a lot of noise online and they finally got the media to pay attention to them. It took forever, but now some left-wing media, um, mainstream media is giving them the mic, you know? Yeah. That's something we were working at. Like, I parted ways before that happened. Well, we but, even um, saw it with the um, the the Harper's letter that was... Ba- yeah. quote, I mean, I think cancel culture is a pretty stupid concept. Um, if it, I, I, As a film critic, when you post things that people don't agree with, you get nasty comments. And, like, yeah. that sucks and all of that. But, like, it's, I... I, I, I Personally, it doesn't really bother me. Uh, even I mean, I, I delete the personal attacks. I don't want trans people reading my website to see them. But I, I, I haven't mm-hmm. thought about closing the comments or something because, like, if if somebody is just di- like if somebody is disagreeing with me on a, a review that I posted, I, I think that if somebody's reading that, it's it's not necessarily worthless that another that's the uh, to to show a dissenting opinion because at the end of the day, I'm I'm just off. I'm not telling you whether something's good or bad i'm saying this is an opinion and if there's another opinion out there i don't really care and if people disagree with me that's that's fine and i think like yeah what a lot of this this debate around transgender rights is uh centered around or, or the discussion that you see in the media as you just described is really the question of whether or not it's it's okay to be a mainstream person who hates on trans people whether transphobia is going to continue to be something that's that's relatively mainstream where like in a in a circle, uh, like yeah. a lesbian wouldn't lose all her friends for hating trans people. That I feel like that's kind of what this is really becoming about. Yeah, well, I mean, in my real circle of friends, I don't know. Um, that's not cool. Like, I have friends all over the world, and when I was involved in all this, like when I said or repeated or shared things that look transphobic, I had some friends saying, Hey, that doesn't look quite right. What's going on. Um, so I think in the real world, like, I feel like gender critics know in the real world, they've already lost this, you know, it's a perception thing. Uh, that stated, there are some influential people on the down low who have these um, backwards thoughts, these insecurities that they haven't worked out yet. It's kind of like racists who like to get together and privately say racist jokes, you know? Like, they're not going to do that in public where normal people can hear them. And they know. They know it's not right. But they kind of, like, get this high off of, um, I don't know, complaining with each other about it that's interesting but, but yeah. well that that is something i've i've kind of um it was funny a couple before it was shut down there was a the subreddit gender critical somebody was sharing yeah one of their posts was are we losing and because <laughs> i mean the, the the big question that i always think about is how self-aware some like like to me somebody like julie bindle is a loud voice in this debate because this is her career. If she loses, if, 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 if the UK stops like giving equal time to transphobia, if transphobia exits the mainstream, Mm -hmm. she has nowhere to go because she's, she's going to be forever associated with this. Like that's, that's, that's her career is gone. 
Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I mean, to me, like, she seems to be like the knee jerk reaction queen. Like she's a total, like, you know, she defended Karen as a slur, you know, like, like her, her deal is she's like, she makes an outraged position to whatever's hot right now. She takes a negative outrage position to it. She'll do about anything. Like, for example, she had to trash that TV series Lip Service when it was out. Like, she wrote an article about that, trashing it. Instead of finding value in some positive representations, like, there were some good things going on with that show. But she couldn't focus on that. She, she always has this negative opposition take that's usually very emotion-based and not fact-based at all. And that's kind of what she does. So I feel like she'll just find another thing to complain about. Well, yeah, I mean... And hope people forget. <laughs> that, that's react, Reactionary takes is, is literally like a, a, a part of journalism, yeah. sadly. Uh, and, and people wonder why we're so polarized as a nation, I think. Cause, yeah. Because, I mean... We, as we sort of start to wrap up, my my big concern with the rallying stuff has always been the fact that, like, when I go out and speak, because I mean, I my, my career is mostly centered more toward entertainment stuff, like, and I I meet people all the time who don't really have a lot of experience with trans people, or like I'm the first, yeah, you know, I've been people's first trans person they've ever really met and known, and you see that there's a lot of people, the vast majority of people are not really engaged with these topics. And that's really like, like yeah. the danger of rallying is not that she herself is going to, you know, wave her magic wand and, and destroy trans people, but moderate people are going to be sympathetic to gender critical causes right. because a very famous children's author with a big microphone says that. So that's the danger. Yeah, and it and it emboldens everybody else. Like I personally know some people in the film and television industry in America, the UK, and Australia who are gender critical, and they're pushing those storylines. They're trying to subvert um, the culture, art, which is what we did for gay rights back in the day. Like I knew. Um, like, you know, I've worked in film and I knew like gay screenwriters who would do that to try to add more visibility. Gender critics are like using that playbook and um, they are trying to infiltrate and normalize their ideas. So we have to be very vocal and find allies where we can, which is why I think clear messaging and trying to rise above and not meet them and the same energy, like the GCs, like the TERFs, whatever. Like, try not to be reactionary. Uh, try to look like the adult in the room, you know? And I know sometimes that's hard to do because they say some awful things. Um, but online, like, what happens online does matter. Like, it's a perception that influences people. It could radicalize someone, you know, like these fights people are having online. Like, I, I would hope that our community would try to focus more on being productive and having productive conversations instead of just venting. 
you know? Um, and I'm seeing more productive conversations. I mostly follow people that do that and that's people that want to fight, you know, because I don't think that's helping. I think it's counterproductive because uh, it's a culture war. Um, so we got to win over hearts and minds, got to have the facts, which uh, uh, there's a lot of people with great facts about um, trans rights right now. Like, you know, just busting the myths uh, and supporting each other is, is really important right now. Try to be unified on that. And uh, to not try to make someone on the fence join the GC side, you know, because of things getting too ugly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so my my final question, uh, you kind of just addressed, but um, I guess, so do you have advice or, or anything to say to um, people who are sympathetic to the gender critical movement? And because and, one of the things we see, it, I, I was talking about it uh, two days ago, was is, is the idea that like, people were criticizing Twitter moms by saying, oh, if you just dogpile on someone, they will, uh, that'll just reinforce their views. And I mean, there's probably some truth in that statement, but I mean, at the end of the day, you, you, hounding at Twitter mom, it's just kind of a worthless activity. They're never going to go away. They're, they're, and, and saying, oh, I, well, I was going to not be transphobic, but then people were mean to me on Twitter, so I'll, I'll continue. Oh. Yeah, that's a lame yeah. excuse. Like, you can't ever make that claim. But I think that it can help. Uh, it helps the gender critics with their recruitment of these people, though. Well, do you have do, like you know. do you have advice for <laughs> people who who maybe find themselves in in your position and and want to leave the gender critical movement or want to kind of put this stuff in the past? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, first of all, um, there have been some LGBTQ people who've reached out to me who were in the movement still and wanting to leave because it was hurting them. And I like helped them have the courage to leave. So that was uh, really nice to hear. Like it, it made it all worth it. Um, so I guess like my advice would be to like, listen to red flags, like, if you're gender critical right now, I'm going to guess that you're not happy. Like things aren't, things don't feel right. And you know, something is wrong about what's happening about this movement. Like, you know, just look around, pay attention to the ramping up of homophobia. Like that's a big, that should be a big red flag. Like we always knew they were transphobic. Let's be real. Okay. But it's gotten a lot worse they're actually trying to change laws now and influence policies. Like people, people's lives are at risk right now. And if you're GC, you have a responsibility, like an ethical responsibility in how you respond to that. And what's the right thing to do? Um, you know, so I would tell people to, uh, to listen to those warning signs and think, well, what's the end game? Like, what, what's the point? Why am I doing this? And, uh, and maybe like reflect on what you got into it for. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, really powerful and uh, a, a 
great note to end on. Um, yeah. Amy, uh, I, I really, this, your, your story, your, the, um, things you've said on the, uh, podcast, um, as somebody who's engaged gender criticals, I mean, I often do it kind of uh, modern gender criticals almost in jest because I just think the whole thing's ridiculous and I don't really care. Um, yeah. Uh, but but for a lot of people, this is, uh, I mean, this is extremely important. It shapes the media. Yeah. Th- these are forces bigger than ourselves. And and what you've what mm-hmm. you've been able to provide a firsthand account of how these people operate. Uh, I I can't overstate it's uh, there, there's no way to overstate the importance of that it's it's really it's vital uh we need people like you in this debate and uh, fight really it's not a debate um we need people yeah. we need people who who are able to say you know this I, i'm not i'm not okay with with this this group's love affair with the religious right i'm not okay with this this is wrong mm-hmm. and uh I, I really can't thank you enough for speaking out for coming on uh you you've really you you give people a lot of hope yeah, well, thank you. Um, the good news is a lot of people are leaving just because it's such a toxic movement. So whatever the reason, but uh, yeah, like hope. I, I'm glad that I gave some people hope. Uh, it's probably like the best feedback I could get. <laughs> well, it's, it's it, and again, uh, we've linked to the article. Uh, I highly recommend everybody read it. It, it. It's powerful stuff. And, um, I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you in the future on, on this top. It, yeah. This is, this is just a, a vitally important topic, but anyway, thank, thank yeah. you so much for coming on Amy and to everybody listening. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Yeah.